720 WGN, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. This month, the month of June, is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. Yeah, you can actually do something to slow the progression. That has been the hope forever. And in order to address it, you have to make sure that you get a diagnosis. But how do you know if you're experiencing memory loss? And is there anything out there that will slow the progression? Or is early detection the key to a better quality of life? All these questions are for Dr. Joanne Pike. Thank you so much for joining us, Joanne. Joanne is the CEO of the Alzheimer's Association. Are there things on the market right now that will slow the progression? Or is the key early diagnosis to make sure that our quality of life is as good as it can be for as long as it can be. Lisa, first off, thank you for having me with you today and with your listeners. And I think the answer is both of those. You know, we have an opportunity now with diagnosis to not only um, be able to make choices and decisions for the quality of life, but depending on where you are in the progression of the disease in the earliest stages of Alzheimer's disease and um, mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's disease, we now have treatments that are available to slow the progression. So I think it's both of those things you mentioned, quality of life and the potential to receive um, life-changing treatments. Excellent. So I know in Illinois, we have more than 230,000 people who are living with Alzheimer's. And if you look at how many are dealing with it in our country, it's over six and a half million people. This is my question that I've always been intrigued to find the answer to. How do you know when you're experiencing memory loss? Do you rely on your family members or your close ones, your loved ones to tell you that something is just a little bit off? Well, it could be both. You could be experiencing changes in your own memory or cognition yourself, or a family member, close friend, or a close connection could be seeing changes in you that concern them. And I think part of the importance of uh, looking at these changes and understanding them is reaching out, having a conversation. If you notice something different in a family member, make sure that you talk to them about that. And then also, if you're seeing changes in your memory or cognition, talk to your doctor. Uh, ask questions about what should be you know, normal aging versus what are the differences that you should be aware of for a potential cognitive change that could indicate something else. I appreciate the Alzheimer's Association because I think prior to your very vocal stand and standing up for patients and people who have had this diagnosis, People didn't want to talk about it. You know, it was like that that one disease that we just don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about it in front of them. We don't want to upset them. Hopefully it'll go away. And the more we talk about it, the more it becomes something that we can manage and deal with and offer people hope. Yeah, I agree completely with you, Lisa. There's uh, Unfortunately, we still have stigma with Alzheimer's. And the more we talk about it, the less that stigma has power over us. And so being able to raise concerns, talk about them with friends, family, physicians, that changes the dynamic. And we can progress and and learn more about the disease overall, but also make sure people are receiving the care or services that they need. And most people receiving care are 
getting it from loved ones, caregivers who are, you know, putting in countless hours uh, with no support, any kind of financial support, and that takes a toll on their health as well. Absolutely. We know nationwide there are over 11 million Americans who provide unpaid care for Alzheimer's. And also here in Illinois, you mentioned that 230,000 people that are living with Alzheimer's today, but that also translates to more than 312,000 unpaid caregivers here in Illinois. What kind of um, what kind of clinical trials are underway? What kind of hope can we give people who have loved ones who are fighting Alzheimer's, or maybe it's someone listening who has it and is hoping for the best? I actually think that right now is one of the most exciting times we've seen in Alzheimer's research and advances in treatment. In the last uh, year, we have seen two treatments get accelerated approval through the FDA. One of those treatments may receive uh, traditional approval in the coming month. And so for the first time ever, we have two treatments that treat the underlying biology of the disease and not just symptoms. But in addition to that, there are over 100 treatments that are in the pipeline right now, other other research that uh, is looking at um, further treatments that are going to become available in the next several years. And, of course, it takes money, and that's why you guys are out there doing the walk and every other fundraising event you do to make sure that this research gets funded. Absolutely. Um, certainly the Alzheimer's Association uh, is a large funder of um, research ourselves. We're the largest nonprofit funder of Alzheimer's and other dementia research in the world. Um, in addition to that, we the, some of the work that we do is to make sure that the federal government is making uh, commitments to research as well. And over the last decade, we have seen a significant increase in funding come from the U.S. government to look at the research portfolio. We've gone from around $500 million in research funding a little over 10 years ago to now $3.7 billion in research funding towards Alzheimer's. Oh, my gosh. It's going to take all that and more for sure. And That's- so... Oh, not to interrupt you, doctor. This is Dr. Joanne Pike. She's the CEO of the Alzheimer's Association. I'm a fan of what they do, obviously, you can tell. But um, these new FDA-approved treatments, will they be covered by Medicare and Medicaid? As of right now, Medicare and Medicaid are cre- – the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid – have put up some barriers to access to these treatments. They are saying that you can only access these treatments through a clinical trial or a registry. Um, And we believe that that is an unnecessary burden and barrier. And in fact, it's an unprecedented decision that Medicare has put in place for Alzheimer's patients when they have not put that in place for any other disease for a drug therapeutic. So, again, another fight that we need to tackle. But, you know, I think if we're loud and our voices are heard, maybe something will be done about it. Thank you so much for joining us and for the work that you do at the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you for having me. And if there is any need for one of your listeners to learn more about uh, information about Alzheimer's, feel free to reach out to us at our helpline, and that's available at alz.org. ALZ.org. Thank you so much, Dr. Pike. Thank you.